1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
0: You're listening to Petty Little Things with your hosts Victoria Secret and Davina Divine.
2: Hi, Hi, petty bitches. bitches.
3: Hi everybody, this is Davina Devine here.
4: And this is Victoria's Secret and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Petty Little Things.
3: We had to make this a bonus episode because we have so much juiciness in this, in our original episode. It spilled over so we're giving you a little extra something something for National Coming Out
4: Day, which is today. Yeah, we have some special guests on our hands. Uh, We've got the gorgeous media darling herself, Cassie Stokes we have drag icon queen legend
3: Miss Dizzy Dying For It aka Noel Sutton star of Orte Easy Yellow Brick Road Ooh. and
4: extra in the Queen of Ireland <laughs> 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 oh my god that's brilliant <laughs> and then also you guys from the bisexual perspective we've got Dean Reedy in the house Ooh, in the house I love drag queens we always everyone's in the in house, the you house. Know. welcome to the Who's stage in the house <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the stage in the house and also in an upcoming episode we do have have a fab interview from Rebecca de Havilland, who is an Irish trans woman, but it was too fabulous to cram into this episode. So we're giving Rebecca her episode all on her own, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, let's get into it. We've got fabulous guests, put on the kettle, sit back and listen to their stories. So one of our guests today, his name is Dean Reedy, and he is joining us somewhere in Dublin. I think Dean, are you at the moment?
0: Yeah, I'm originally from Galway girls, but um, yeah, trapped in Dublin like the rest of ye. Yes.
4: <laughs> and Dean, we wanted to kind of speak to like a spectrum of different people. You identify as bisexual. Yes. And how was that for you in terms of your own coming out experience?
0: Um, I suppose I don't want to diminish anybody's experience as coming out is concerned because mm-hmm. like it's still so difficult to come out as gay or trans or anything like in certain parts of the world especially but um, in a way like when you're coming out as gay I suppose it's a lot easier it's a bit more like black and white if you get me it's mm-hmm. more like you're straight you're gay you're kind of very when you're telling people you're very direct on the details, whereas by it's a bit more of a grey area. So um like I was lucky enough now to have like so many supportive friends and family and stuff, so like coming out was really easy. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure a few people were side eyeing me now and saying, Oh listen, he's probably just gay and figuring it out. But um yeah, no listen, I'm still by to this day and yeah, everyone's been class about it. So yeah, no Be- complaints really. Right, because people
4: in Ireland especially love putting people in a box. Like, you know, it's like oh no, that's yeah. what this is and this is what that is. So I'd imagine some people were We're like "Mm, is this what
0: you really are or is
4: this like I think lots of people sometimes think that bisexual can be a stepping stone Would you agree? (laughs) Yeah,
0: like, again, I suppose I wouldn't begrudge anybody who wants to be bi for a while and, you know, and figure things out until maybe they come out as properly gay or something. Mm -hmm. But um, I suppose the thing, the phrase I like to, I suppose, avoid would be phase, just because I suppose it can be a bit harmful, it can be a bit erasing. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, uh, again, if I meet one more of these, like, you know, oh, bi now, gay later kind of gays who are kind of laughing it off as if their bisexual phase was nothing more to them, like, being great I suppose because like again you want you want to be um I suppose appreciative of all the the yeah all the sexualities on the spectrum and stuff and listen if you're bi for a while and gay later that's great but just be respectful about it you know that kind of way have crack but be respectful so
4: yeah and in terms of your coming out can we be nosy bitches for a second I don't know what age you are (laughs) now at the moment how how old how old (laughs) are you at the moment Dean
0: I'm 26 and I would have came out when I was 20, so six okay. years now. Okay.
4: How did that go? Were you still living in Galway at the time? What was going on?
0: Yeah, it was in Galway and like again, Galway's very hippy-dippy, very like, um, you know, um, very artsy. So again, it was, wasn't was a very difficult um, leap to make, I suppose. But um, again, it was just a gradual process of telling everybody until everybody just kind of found out for themselves. But again, like I was saying, again, there's a lot of people kind of side-eyeing you, criticising you at the same time, yeah. kind of playing mental math, saying, oh, Is he going to get with a girl soon? Is he going to just be with boys now, even though he's saying he's bisexual? So I suppose a lot of people like, you know, ask those kind of questions and kind of play that mental arithmetic, but you're lucky, you just kind of have to get on with it and not bother with it. So
3: Dean, can I, can I say, can I ask as well, do you think it's different for like for male and females, like, you know, on with the biking, you know, like, do do you get the vibe sometimes that people think that women are a bit more fluid or it's a bit more acceptable for girls? Like what do you, what do you think about that?
0: Absolutely. I think it's there's a bit of a difference because with boys, I think a lot of the assumptions um, and the perceptions of it is that they're gay and they're just kind of, you know, using it as a stepping In stone, like you were or something. saying. Exactly, yeah. And then for girls, it's almost like, you know, um, they're experimenting and they're being a bit crazy at college and this is just a thing they're going to grow out of as well. And it's funny because it always seems to, like, stem back to a man again. Like, you know, yeah. uh, bisexual men are going to end up with boys because they're secretly gay and women are just going to try and be with girls um for a while and then eventually end up with a man again too so mm. a bit of a harmful stereotype that we're all these promiscuous people that are just kind of you know right. figuring it all out and saying one before. thing i never thought yeah, that before. yeah it absolutely.
4: does kind of all center back on this like male thing how has it been in terms of dating like um what's the reaction been to both sexes when you've um told them you're bisexual
0: yeah it can it can differ from person to person like 90 percent of the time everyone's really really cool about it um it's kind of 2020 now so everybody's kind of getting the picture now at the stage but um you meet the odd person like you know like the odd woman who might be a bit sketchy about like um Dating or being intimate with a guy who's been with other guys, and then there's also um, gays as well on the other end that are kind of coming for you and saying, "Oh, listen, like he's actually gay and he's not really bi, and like you know he's just going to get with guys and that's going to be it." So, um, like ninety percent of the time, it's been great in my experience, but those like negative stereotypes and assumptions are definitely out there too. So,
3: yeah, like I that's I think there there is that kind of double standard, isn't there? Sometimes that like you know if if. Uh, girl is dating a a guy who has a history with guys there's this weird undertone that it's like he's less of a man or you know there's this weird tone sometimes that I think it's all
0: totally it's all it's all toxic masculinity at Mm. the end of the day like you know like maybe girls don't want to um necessarily kind of associate with that because I suppose there's a kind of a question of masculinity there but like like 90% of the time everyone's lovely everyone's up for the crack but you just get the odd person who kind of comes at you with these negative stereotypes and these undertones and stuff and kind of mm. undermines who you are, which is, you know, can be upsetting and stuff. But sure, look, all you can do is get on with it and do That's you. That's it, so. yeah.
3: You just gotta, exactly, you
4: do you, as Daiko could say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and to exactly. do love a little statistic. And um, we read one saying that 78% of people will go back into the closet at some point in their lives. Um, oh does gosh. that happen to you in terms of when you start a new job or when you meet someone new Are you straight away out and proud and and being your true self or have you found that as well and how do you think that's affected you in terms of being bisexual?
0: yeah I, I try to be um, again there's definitely if you're starting a new job or maybe a new course or something especially there's definitely this kind of teething period where you're kind of trying to feel people out and make sure they're going to be okay it's kind of self preservation in a way because you're just kind of trying to protect yourself yeah. um, but I try to be as out and proud as I can um, especially as well when they hear that I have a boyfriend they kind of assume that I'm gay I try to make the distinction that I'm bi, listen mm-hmm. if I'm like out in the George or out in 66 or something and I meet some gals or some gays out in the smoking area and they think i'm gay at the end of the night like i'm not going to lose sleep like you know i'm probably never going to see you again but like um, at the end of the day to the people who matter to be a good bisexual to represent the community i definitely try to be out and proud wherever i am but i can totally understand how it can be so difficult for some people but um yeah just be safe i suppose and obviously there's have a good support system going as well at work and at home as well so yeah
4: so dean just before you go we want some good old fashioned Irish mammy advice from you so uh, to any of our younger listeners because we do have some younger listeners who identify as bi but maybe haven't come out yet Mm -hmm. is there any advice you'd have about coming out and what that's meant for you
0: yeah um I suppose um just you know take every day as it comes, like, you know, do what's comfortable with yourself. Um, listen, it doesn't matter if you're 90, 10. It doesn't matter if you're 60, 40, like no bisexual is perfect and 50, 50. So you can feel mm-hmm. differently every single day, but take it one day at a time. Like, obviously be kind to yourself, love yourself, all that crack as well. And um, listen, like, you know, any like, you know, boy, girl, non-binary person, trans person, you meet along the way and you have feelings for them and stuff, like express them, be human. And yeah, at the end of the day, we're all human so it's just a label at the end of the day but look if you want to come out as bisexual um, be proud be kind and um, definitely as well uh, try and erase all those negative stereotypes that people think of you before you even come out so yeah
4: so we're all human Davina do you hear that that. we're all human
3: allegedly that that was actually gorgeous that was so perfect and so true and with stellar advice very good thanks so much for joining us today you are a star
0: gals thanks so much for having me it was so lovely thanks so much no, thank thanks you, for taking dean. time out to
3: talk to us
4: thank you dean no
0: panic and listen thanks so much for keeping the the queer nights alive even if it's in isolation and queens of captivity oh, and Jesus. stuff like we love it <laughs> like literally no seriously i can't wait to go back to opium and oh, stuff as well you were doing such a class job so like fair play nuts. to all of you thanks a million
3: i just uh, i don't know how we're gonna get through this again hopefully it doesn't go on too fucking <laughs> yeah. long it's like exactly. m- talk
4: about mental drainage thank you so much <sighs> we will talk to you again in real life hopefully
0: yeah we will thanks so much girls. thanks bye. so much
4: dean thank bye. you bye bye bye, bye. Okay, okay divina who do we have up next
3: so we have a fabulous friend of the show friend of our petty podcast and our live shows we have the gorgeous uh, noel sutton is here you may know noel as dizzy dying for us,
4: glamorous icon queen legend herself <laughs> <laughs> and superstar dj who kicked off our show last thursday with i have to say dizzy we were bopping around my sitting room you were playing all the tunes
2: it's brilliant i had such a great time thank you very much and thanks for having me on the show say. you're welcome (laughs) that's very official, thank you for having (laughs) me here
3: today (laughs) like Kofi Annan at the UN exactly
2: yeah (laughs) I I learned it all from Mary Robinson
1: (laughs)
3: well come here Dizzy now, that was since we have you here so obviously uh, it's National Coming Out Day and that's coming up on the 11th Um, and we we were just sharing our own kind of coming out stories and we were talking to, to people from different walks of life just to kind of get an idea of kind of other people's stories, and you have yeah. a bit of a kind of you have a, a juicy story, like, and a,
2: you know, a, as they'd say, you have a bit of a history, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you don't get to my age without having a history, let me tell you. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I was born in 1963 um, in Ballyferm, a very working class area. Um, I was, you know, probably the second youngest of five kids, Um so. You know, I was always aware from the time I was young that I was different, I suppose. Yes. You know, um, I, I, yeah, I I was just always aware. And I think Mm. um, what really secured that difference for me was, I remember when I was, I probably was only about seven years of age, um, maybe younger, and we were brought to the church because the local parish priest who was called Canon Troy had died. Right. And they had him laid out in state in our church, um, like the coffin open, the lid open. And for mm. 24 hours there was like the church was open. But we were brought in in classes, you know, and you had to go up and kind yeah. of like, you know, see this man. And I, that was probably the first time I'd probably seen a dead body as well. Mm. But it didn't freak me at all that this like, man, was laid out, but it was the pomp and ceremony. All these men in dresses, all these little boys in dresses, and the smell of the incense, and you know the organ, the music. And I was like, mm. "This is fucking heaven. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to be, I want to be, be part of this." Yeah, you part know? Of that
3: drag show. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> completely.
2: Um, and and that's what it was. It was the dressing up. It was yes. the ceremony, the pomp. It was like, oh my fucking god, this is just amazing. And. You know, I suppose that was the first time I was aware that I was kind of like, and I was like attracted the finer to something things was, in life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I suppose as, as life went on, school for me was pretty shit because yeah. um, I was left handed, um, which was the work of the devil, so you couldn't oh, write no. with your Left handed was beaten away by the Christian brothers. Well. But also, um, you know, I would go to read a book And those fucking, like, my books were made up of ants because the words just ran around the page. I could never, and it wasn't until later on in life, of course, that they put a name on it, which is called Dyslexia. Oh, wow. Um, So I had kind of like, so I had that difference as well. So because I couldn't like read from book, even though I could follow it, I could listen to what they said and I yeah. could learn things by heart. Mm-hmm. But because I couldn't stand up and read a book in school or I couldn't, you know, in exams and shit and stuff like that, that was all just so foreign to me. So therefore yeah. I was kind of like, you were useless, you were n- never going to amount to anything, you know, so I kind of, I was always faced with all these things of, you know, being told, oh, you're never going to down you probably end up yeah. in prison or you'd be a road sweeper and all this kind of yeah. shit. And I was like, fuck right off. Yeah, like that, that is not me, and that is not my life, and that's yeah. not the way I'm going to go. Because I am fucking glamorous, you know. And so, I, and so, and I suppose one of the, the the other things that changed around them was, I remember one day, like we were in Christian Brothers, grey, dreary, fucking awful, shit being kicked out here, or you know, being sexually abused by the Christian Brothers, um, but and one day this very glamorous woman arrived into our class um, to talk to us about elocution lessons. Okay. Right. And we were like, what the fuck is that? But I just remember the smell of her perfume and her beautiful blonde hair. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I want to do this. And she's kind of telling us what it's about, you know. But I'm thinking... She's fucking gorgeous. I want to be on her team. I need to be around. Yeah. 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 So I remember going home to my mom, and you know, with this form saying I want to do this elocution, Um, and my mom's like, "Oh, you must be fucking joking!" Like my mom's a single parent trying to raise fucking five kids Mm. um, because my dad was an alcoholic. Um, So it's like you know, I'm now begging for money for to do kind of you know this other course, which was and. I don't know why or how, but my mum actually did sign it and she did pay for it. Um, so I would—it was twice a week, you know, for half hour. But we would go to go down to the fucking um, where the coats was down yeah, to the um, like a cloakroom. Um, cloakroom, yeah. And there was probably only about half a dozen kids went down and we spent half an hour with her learning these poems about this, that, these and those, and this is the way the th goes <laughs> and, and I, I was getting like gold stars. I was getting A's, I was getting certificates in this because the way she was teaching was completely different to what the yeah. way they were teaching in the classroom. Right. Um, you know, you were learning by, you know, um, repetitiveness and stuff like that. So all of a sudden I'm excelling at this and I'm really thinking, oh God, you know, this is this is fucking brilliant. At least there's some kind of um, escape from the humdrum shit that's going on upstairs. So I was aware of those differences and then I was aware of the fact that, you know, actually, I did kind of like boys, you know. I, you know, yeah. but I did like girls as That's well. That's what I
3: was going to say to you. Like, when yeah. did you kind of first have that realization that, you know, you did like boys, or there was that that other kind of quality in you that you were well, noticing?
2: I, I think from a very young age, I was mm. aware of the fact that boys were nice. You yeah. know that, um, um, but again, you know, we're talking about the sixties, we're talking about that, a time where- That's what I was going to say to you. Like, so the, like the
3: times would have been very, very different then. Yeah. So was there like visibility wise, was there any other gays
2: around or anyone when I, when like, can't remember now? When I look back now, there was certainly two or three others in my class who I remember kind of thinking, oh my God, like there was one kid in our, uh, that was in our class all through primary. And he was like, he was he was given a really hard time, but in some ways he kind of nearly courted the hard times. You know, I mean, um, he was really effeminate. He was really over the top. Mm. um But there was no nicknames or you know, it, it, they. I remember they at one stage they called him Pissy drawers because he, <laughs> instead of asking to go out to the toilet, because again the Christian Brothers were so fucking bad they wouldn't let you go anyway. Uh-huh. But he'd sit there and he'd piss himself. Oh Jesus! Um, but and it wasn't, you know, I, I used to always, but he was kind of, he was my friend. I kind of made yeah. sure that he was my friend. Do you okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even though it was kind of like, I don't want to be sitting beside him. That's <laughs> Dolly I ain't now, gonna take <laughs> a pill. But, so, you know, there wasn't kind of like, um, and even where I grew up in Fermi, even though I knew as a teenager, um, and when I was aware of my sexual differences then, mm. and I was pretty flamboyant when I think back of it yeah. now. Like, I mean, that's the thing as well.
3: Like, because like Ballyferm as well. Like, it would have been like a, it's a working class like area, especially then.
2: So, did you get any hassle? Like, well, here's the thing: we had such a tight knit community. Mm, like, yeah. we knew everyone on our street and the you know the streets around us. We knew all the kids by name. We mm. had huge big street committees and you know yeah. lots of things happening. And proper community. It, it was proper community. And yeah. you know what? I always, it wasn't until I start going to like, just going down into the apartment nightclub and stuff like that, mm. that, and it was places like that that, that mm. then I'd kind of start to feel scared because you were away from your own turf. And, yeah. um, you know, you could see people were gunning for you because you yeah. had the nicer clothes or whatever it was, or yeah. the latest hairdo. There's tension. But I have to say when just I got back to the... Ballyfermit, I felt really secure and safe because I never had any of that shit. Yeah. Never. I, and if somebody did say something to you, you could just say to you, the other fella's on the road, he's giving me a hard time and they'll yeah. be fucking, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I never felt any of that, um, really, the stigma of, you know, being gay or, you know, being judged. A lot of it, I suppose there was a lot of, um, internal, yeah. Um, and it wasn't homophobia. It was, I, I knew I liked boys, but I yeah. also liked girls. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I were you kind
3: of torn at times? Like, did you feel Completely. like confused Completely. or like? Yeah. Because I think, because I think a lot of people, especially, like, there might be some people even listening or whatever that kind of don't, you know, don't feel kind of two feet in one side, if you know what I mean. So.
2: Yeah, um, and but I mean, I was I knew that there was other boys mm-hmm. who were gay, you know, because yeah. at that stage they were either over the top, flamboyantly gay and mm-hmm. out, and you're kind of thinking to yourself, Oh, I don't want to be that kind of gay, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, and then you had to be brave to of, be that gay, like you had to, oh, actually completely, yeah, had to be completely brave. But, do you know what? Mm. I when I think of it. I mean, and here's a, a, a kind of an anecdotal story that would kind of put this in context because I remember my granddad um um my mum's father, and i I really liked him, but I always had this sense that he didn't like me because mm, okay. he was always really hard on me and after he died and we were, i was, again I was kind of a teenager, and I remember saying to my oldest cousin um who was probably twenty years older than me um and I was like. I always wondered why Grandad didn't really like me. He never really had much time for me. And he said, are you for real? He said, he fucking had you sussed when you were like six. He would say in the house, here's Snow White skipping down the road. Oh, my God. So, and he, as soon as I'd arrived here, he'd be right, right, you out there and play football. i like, i play, like, play football. He'd be like, get out there and play football, you know, trying to toughen me up. But he had me clocked
3: yeah. From, yeah.
2: from the time I was a kid. Um, and his... Defense mechanism to try and, you know, secure make me secure was to try yeah. and send me out to play football right. because he thought that was the best thing for me. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Security. And yeah, I didn't well. didn't know that until. Mm. After he died, which was yeah. such a shame, because yeah. I kind of had mm-hmm. this, you know, thing about I really liked him, and he didn't fucking like me. Yeah, he's a bit of a bastard. But now yeah. I, you know, but when I understood like, it, it was, I loved like tough,
4: it. Love almost, like yeah, tough love almost. Yeah, absolutely. And, I'm and I think to that make you like all the other boys out there, if that makes sense, he's like, oh, if he plays football, maybe he'll be a bit more like them.
2: Yeah, um, and 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 that's that was the thing because you've also got to remember, you know. Um, it was definitely a different time. Homosexuality yeah. was a criminal act. Mm. Um, and to be out, you were ostracizing yourself completely. And it wasn't even that your family weren't going to support you. It was mm. society were not going to support yeah. you. Um, and, but I, I don't think I was ever aware of any of that. I just, I mean, I had, I had, boy, I had romances with guys, um, yeah. but there was one person who I fucking courted from the time I was a teenager. And I chased this one for fucking ever, mm-hmm. and we were dating for a while, and then we broke up. And my How old had you heart, have been here, Diz? Um, I was, I was probably sixteen, okay, sixteen, seventeen, and um, I was dating this girl from down the road, and she was like, at the same time or separate. Um, no i um I, I mean i this was my first love okay um and it was you know it, it ended up to be the woman that i married um, okay. and she was she was everything that i wa just loved she was out mm-hmm. there she was wacky, she didn't give a shit, she mm. was like progressive she yeah. like you know she she made her own clothes um, everything about her just was like Oh my god, she is fucking amazing. Yeah, Um, and we dated for for about a year and a half or so. But you know, we were teenagers. Um, She kind of moved in different circles. I started a new job, um, and we kind of didn't. We just kind of grew apart, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I was nursing for three years. I was, and um, during that time, I certainly explored my sexuality. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, but. Even though I did like boys, I was very aware, I, I liked girls as well. Okay, and yeah. I didn't like myself for that reason, for that, because... You were quite internally kind of cut up about it a bit, would you? Yeah, you? because it was, I, I you know, There there wasn't really any talk of bisexuality or anything like that. It was like, you were one or the other, and if you were Mm -hmm. that way, you were dirty, and you were fucking, you were perv. Mm -hmm. And if you were this side, then you fit into society and everything was fine. And I kind of, like, you know, I don't... That must have been really tough, though, you know, like, even, like, to just kind of hear
3: people talking like, that context and... Like, it must have been really hard, even if you were toughened up or you had got that kind of, you know, bravado. Like, to hear that must have been hard.
4: Yeah.
2: Well, it was it was pretty tough because, again, even, like, the representation, queer representation on television or film, you know, was, you know, fucking, um, oh, close that door or, or uh, what's his name, Larry Ingman on um, Are You Being Served, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, if I'm you're seeing... If, or Quentin Crisp, you know. Yeah. Um, the, it, so it, again, it was all these OTT flamboyant, almost you know, kind of comedy characters. Uh, comedy characters, exactly. Yeah. And in some ways, they were asexual. Yeah,
3: absolutely.
2: You know, they were just kind. Of, they were just flamboyant, yeah. but they didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't really have a. You know, it, it wasn't really kind of. You know, they didn't really sleep with anybody. They didn't sleep with yeah. fellas. They didn't sleep with girls. They just, you know, they were just flamboyant. Um, so, but I think, you know, there was, there was no, and there wasn't really much of a word around bisexuals either, mm-hmm. you know, so, but I fell in love with somebody That's who... That's what we were going to say
3: to you. So, so you did, you so you, you did have a forced love and you did end up getting married.
2: Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we were very happy married for When, when was that now? How old, how old would you have been then? Um, I got, we got married when I was 22. So that would have been um, kind of like the 80s was it yeah yeah okay it was the early 80s <laughs> was there was there, um, was there a point
4: this where you thought am i definitely going to go down this road yeah or?
1: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time
4: Or
2: did you just feel like... Cause like Cause were you was, in turmoil? There was no, absolutely not. Um, no, there was no turmoil about it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I was madly in love um, and that was it. And nothing else came into the picture. There was no you know, yeah, I didn't yeah. think about other boys or other girls or anything. I was just in love. Yeah. Um, and as a matter of fact, I've never been, I've never found that love ever since. Wow. Um, I don't think I ever will. Um, But, you know, if I do well and good, but um, we had 10 years of really happily married life together and a a beautiful relationship. We traveled around Europe. We, you know, together we went, you know, on great journeys. We did some great things and, you know, we came back, we settled down, we had four amazing sons. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, life was absolutely brilliant. And the turning point for me was... I decided I was going back to college to, um, I always wanted to go to college. I always wanted a, you know, a higher education. I wanted yeah. to, and at this age, you know, I would, you know, my, I suppose my thinking was kind of starting to, to broaden as well. Mm-hmm, you okay. know, I'd been involved in mm-hmm. many different campaigns on, you know, different stuff that was going on um, around, um, social justice, and especially in, in North-South, I was um, I lived up in Glen Cree in the Peace and Reconciliation Centre in Wicklow, um, and I was part of the whole movement where we were kind of like taking families from the North um, who were being burnt out but you know, and overnight, had to get, well. and we were, you know, they would come down and shelter in, in yeah. um, the Peace and Reconciliation Centre, and we would work with them and uh, we'd work with groups from North-South, bringing young people together mm-hmm. to kind of um, brace the divides. So, I was always involved in social justice campaigns, I suppose, Um, and I wanted to further my education in that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went back to Maynooth College to do youth and community work Um, and I I was then, you know, through that experience of going to college and really having to explore yourself Mm -hmm. um, and explore who you are. um, You had to kind of look at yourself Yeah, because that's what college does. Deep dive. It kind of, it it strips you down because all of a sudden, everything you say, now you have to justify it. You know, any statement that you say that, you know, oh, I support this. It's like, well, why do I actually support this? Why? You know, and I suppose I was still a big supporter of the church, a defender of the church. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Would you have gone regularly to the church at the time? um, I didn't go to mass, no. I didn't. I was was involved in a... um, I was leader of a folk group for a long time, so I went to. to I participated in mass, but I didn't believe in it. Okay. okay. I didn't believe in the hocus pocus anymore. I'd kind of lost that sense of, but I. I did. I was drawn into the community aspect of it. You know okay. that. You know, togetherness. You know, um, and you know, I kind of seen at that stage there was a huge progressive. Trying to be a progressive side of the church, which was you know about you know um, trying to you know move the faith along, um, liberal theology and stuff like yeah. that. So I was involved in some of that. I, I was also on the board of management for the local um, primary school. And of course, the chairperson of every board of management uh, for primary schools is the local parish priest because the church has to still have its hold over um, education. So Mm. I was aware of all of this that was going on and I wasn't comfortable with it. I wasn't happy Mm. with it. And also growing up in Ballyfermot, when I did, um, we had one of the biggest paedophile priests um, who was sentenced for many years, who'd done huge amount of damage to a lot of young friends of mine um, in Ballyfermot at the time. And that was um, Tony Walsh. Um, and so I was aware of all that had ha- gone on within the church mm. and the cover-ups that had gone on mm. within the church, because I knew that certain bishops knew what was happening in Ballyfermot and they didn't know about it. Wow. Um, so I, kind of, I was very aware of the social injustice that, was go- that had been going on. Um, and so, but I was still a defender of the church, yeah. even when I went to college. So all of a sudden I'm in Maynooth, I'm in a class of, you know, 30 other like-minded who are probably probably more more developed in their social thinking than I was. Okay, um, And there was some nuns there in the, the group. There was, you know, people from other Christian organizations. And then there was like, you know, very left. Thinking people there as well. So everything you said, you're challenged on. Why do you right. believe that? Like you look, what's going on in the world? Look, look what they did. Look at the. So all of a sudden, you're you're being. I suppose not. Your beliefs are out, being questioned, every, kind of always. Yes, and you have to really
1: Honest.
2: think things through before you fucking open your mouth, because you yeah. girlfriend, you are going to get the rug pulled out from under you. Um, yeah. And. I remember one time, I was probably a year into college, and I went in to one of my tutors, um, just where those was kind of, you know, it was your kind of every three months, you had a, a kind of review. And one of my teachers turned around to me, and she said, um, we we're chatting away for ages. And she turned around and she said, so um, don't mind if I ask you, but um, how, do you, how, how do you balance your, um, your married life with you being a gay man? What? Oh my God, wow. wow. And she I just went, asked you that outright. Yeah, just like that. And I went, who, dear? Me, dear? Gay, dear? <laughs> very dare you? And I clutched my pals and I threw my scarf off my shoulder and I stormed out the door. Uh-huh. And as I stormed out the door and closed behind me, I went. What the fuck! I was like, I was now the emperor with no clothes. Yeah. Wow. Do um, you uh, think, like, did, she just kind of saw you, and like, had you,
3: you had no idea about this, or did you? Well, it wasn't. It? Uh, uh,
2: um, I, I was still, you know, I was, I suppose, my thinking was moving along. Mm-hmm. I had never acted on anything up to that point. But, but them, she was the first person to kind of call you out, wasn't Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. And then I said it to one of the fellas that I was kind of close to in, you know, that we used to drive in and out to college together. And he starts to laugh and he goes, wow, did she, did she say it like that? And I went, yeah. And he goes, so what is the story there? And I was Ooh. like, what, you too? And he goes well of course happened in the fucking glass like, like you're a screaming queen and I was like ah, how many tiles when you um,
3: when you heard that Dizzy what was your what was your gut your first reaction like what did you actually feel when somebody said that out loud to you what did you think
2: I was I was it, You know, sometimes when something is said out loud. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It was just like somebody, it was literally somebody pulled the rug out from under me or Mm. it was like somebody just stripped me naked and put me in the room. Do you know what I mean? I was there. Exposed. Exposed completely. And it was like, do they all think I'm a fraud? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not a fraud, you know? Um, So I suppose it kind of, college opened my eyes to so many different things and my whole outlook and you know, started to change, um, and, you know, there's no doubt that the placements that I had were specifically picked for me, you know, through college and everything else, um, but certainly, you know, my relationship, just like any other relationship, mm. you know, was moving in in different directions. Yeah. Um, it yeah. would be wrong of me to say that, you know, my marriage failed because I was gay, because that's yeah. not the case at all. Right, yeah. okay. My marriage... Ended for several different reasons, just like many other people's relationships Mm -hmm. end. um, And, you know, I mean, it was the most harrowing time of my life. Mm, um, Imagine. You know, to have to. Separate myself from my children and yeah. my yeah. partner, um, who I still very much loved. Yeah. Um, and Can I say we're, I really we're best that. of friends still now? You know, and you know, but we we had to go through that whole separation and the the, the awfulness that that brings. And our two families were very close—her mm-hmm. family and my family—and. Um, I suppose that the hardest thing for me was that at that particular time, my younger sister, who was probably my closest confidant, Mm -hmm. was going through similar problems in her marriage. She was starting to go through a separation. And she was at the point where she fucking hated men. So (laughs) she's like, I cannot have you near me, you fucking traitor bastard. You know, Mm so, um, but my family were very supportive. They were like, look, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are. Just fucking wow. make a decision, and yeah. you know.
3: Um, so did you yeah. struggle with that? Was it? Was there a lot of? Was there a lot of time with you struggling, or how? Like how quick did that kind of happen for you? You know the the actual when you. Kind oh of no! Went, I mean, the there was dropped.
2: there was there was a lot of struggle. There was a lot of you know um, soul searching had to be done. There was a lot of you know, um, and it, it, then it was a case of you know. You, you, starting to feel claustrophobic, starting to feel, oh my God, I'm trapped. Mm. Um, what have I done? You know, I've ruined everybody's lives. I've ruined mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I always remember there was one time when, and I kind of say that, I've said this once or twice before, it's like, when, there was times when you're just so fucking down. You're like, you know, you're in that black hole and you're mm-hmm. thinking there's no coming out of it. And I, I remember, I, was, I, I, I don't suffer from, from depression. I don't, mm. you know, I'm very... Lucky that I don't, um, but and I don't never really knew what it was. But I remember at that one time thinking, you know, one at Durham, one of those deep dark hours, thinking, God, I'm sure this is the point where people get to where they might think that the only way out of this is suicide. And I just remember thinking to myself, that's not an option for me, right? Regardless of you know, even Mm. though it was really bad, but I would just remember thinking. That's it not an will option get for uh, yeah. You know, I, I, need to, I need to sort this shit out. Yeah. yeah. Thank God you um, had your
4: family, though, backing you up God. in that way. Because yeah. I, I can imagine that was, like, very difficult. Like, coming out is hard in general, but obviously when there's kids in the mix. And you, from the sense of it, really, really were in love with her. The relationship sounds so special. So that has to be extra confusing as well.
2: Yeah, it, it, it was all of that, you know. But we we had certainly started to move in different directions, you know. Yeah. Even when I had started to go to college, you know, mm-hmm. and the I suppose the awful thing for for Jacinta was that we were, was exacerbated by the fact that now you know, this was, here was a woman trapped with four fucking young kids, you know, right. um, and that's always the fucking way, is the women get shit upon, you know, mm-hmm. by, in a in lot of situations, so and, you know, you have to go through that physical and separation and time has to be, you know, to be able to do its magic for to try right. and to heal yeah. things a bit before, yeah. you know, the road, you can start to map it out slightly again, and how, luckily how, for her, Luckily oh. for Jacinta, I mean, she met somebody, you know, within a few years, and you know, right. she um, had a. She's still in in that relationship, um, so you know, it, you know, she. I was really happy for her. Of course. Um, but you know, I mean, it, and having to redevelop a relationship with my sons. Yeah. Um, you know. And some of them took it very easy. Some didn't mm-hmm. take it very easy. So, you know, and, and, you know, relationships are something that you have to work on forever. Yeah. They're not something that, you know, you just take for granted. So I'm really blessed that I have um, an amazing relationship with all my sons and my yeah, ex You really
4: seem to like when it comes to yeah. special moments and when I hear you talk about them, like you seem to have a really great relationship, which is brilliant. I can imagine that was a struggle at times to get there. But it, it gives people, I suppose, anyone that is in that situation hope that they can achieve the same thing. Yeah.
2: And I, what I would say to anyone out there who's struggling is, do you know, just give yourself time. Mm-hmm. Don't be so hard on yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that that was one of the things nobody said that to me. I think if somebody had said to me, it's OK, yeah. you know, it's it's OK. Just think it through. Just, you know, but don't be so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. That it, things might have been a little bit easier. So I would say to anyone out there who's struggling or who's, you know, confused about their unsure. sexuality or unsure, it's, it's OK. Mm. Take some time, Yeah. but don't be fucking hard on yourself. Yeah. The I world think that's is, important. The world I think is hard enough, um, so don't be hard on yourself. Um, and, you know, take the time to explore, mm-hmm. take the time and make decisions for yourself. Don't let other people make those decisions for you and be mm. strong. Yeah. Try and be yeah. strong. Yeah.
3: absolutely
4: so important
2: well Dizzy thank you so much
3: I, that is a story and a half right
4: uh, I mean sh- I, like I know Dizzy I, I think I know you over 16 years now and I actually didn't know that full story so yeah uh, thank you so well, much Yeah, for I know because it's,
2: it's not something that you kind of just spurt out you know and we're getting changed in the back rooms
4: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. well actually you know I definitely feel like there's a couple of books in you
2: Dizzy
4: yeah <laughs> <laughs> <We're> busy <laughs> Dizzy thank you so much for for sharing your story. Oh we listen, really, really thank you so it. much for
2: allowing me to share my story and I really am glad that you bitches are doing what you're doing um, because it's just brought so much fun into my fucking dreary old days over the last while. Um thank <laughs> you. So I'm glad that the podcasts are back by the way. Thank um, you. Thank you. If they've been they've been fun. I'm really thank enjoying you. them. Thank it's like love. listening to the radio. <laughs> but good <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Thanks Dizzy We love you Take care you. girl. Thanks <laughs> Dizzy Bye. Bye. Bye So we have our very last special guest We have the gorgeous My very good friend Cassie Stokes Media extraordinary star uh, She's here to share her uh, Coming out tale And just talk all things uh, lady garden, <laughs> lady, garden to
5: I, lady garden,
4: No, we we do okay. want. The... I didn't sign on for that. <laughs> we definitely want the female uh, perspective, um, perspective, Cassie. Yes, and um, so you would identify as a lesbian? Yes,
5: yes, I I would. I, I identify <laughs> as Cassie first, but love um, that. Yeah, okay, love that. <laughs> I'm gay. Gay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I mean, well, I I came out when I was twenty five, so a okay. late some would say, but yeah. like I hear of people now in their thirties and forties, especially women. So yeah. um, maybe I was quite early. Um but until then I was the on the other side, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. I um yeah, had boyfriends up until then and then um then yeah, then things happened and um, um here we are now. <laughs> Cassie, did
3: you like did you always kinda did you have an inkling that you were a bit different or like when you were in your teens you- or something?
5: No, I never really thought about it, to be honest, but now looking back, I'm like, ah, like, you know, I'm yeah. like, ah, I must have fancied that person. Yeah, instead yeah. of like, just like That's- thinking they were brilliant. You know? that
3: seems to be a kind of common thread throughout like we were speaking to other people and even ourselves talking earlier on mm. is that you would kind of have like a, a fascination with someone you'd be like oh I think they're really fab or <laughs> yeah you'd be like, yeah
5: exactly and I kind of especially with girls like you know the way we go on like in school all my friends have been like oh my god isn't that girl in the year above us amazing blah 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 like yeah. look at her legs like we talk like that anyway so I was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now I'm like that's oh. actually so handy <laughs> yeah exactly so it's Grand, so i d- didn't even have to realize i was like oh so
4: cassie were you seeing a guy at the time when you had this like come to jesus moment or were you single or no where were you
5: no, no no i was single and i moved to toronto um and like i guess thinking back maybe i was kind of like oh i need to move to That's Toronto better. to explore things i think i was like i thought i just wanted to kind of get away from dublin mm-hmm. and you know and just do something different
2: yeah.
5: um but like yeah. Then, so no, I was I was single, and um, yeah, and then everything just kind of went from there. And then I came out not too soon after. Like it didn't, yeah. you know, it didn't take long. I was like, oh yeah, no, okay, I, I this is great. Like, um, yeah. so I didn't really look back after that. <laughs> yeah, this was was it difficult? Yes. Yeah.
4: was it difficult to have that conversation in your head first before even speaking to say friends and family or was it just a click in and you were like oh okay this is it
5: um yeah like I I it, mm, it didn't Like, I don't think I thought about it too much. And I just didn't really. I was like, yeah, I was kind of like, this is it. And I didn't really worry too much about saying it. I mean, there was tiny things where I was like, ooh, what if it doesn't go down that well? Because like I was told by one of my friends to kind of read stories online and things like that, which helped because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no like I, I only knew like one of my friends was gay and she had just come out in uh london and we had a mutual friend and she put me in touch with her she was like oh she just come out come out so why didn't you talk to her and i was like oh okay and then we just chatted and she was like look at stories online and that kind of stuff and then i was just like i think she really helped she was just like yeah do it you know like it was christmas time and she was just like um. Yeah, like, she, she was kind of, like, had my back and yeah. it went grand for her. So I was like, okay. Just a okay. Support
3: there, kind of, almost. Yeah,
5: it was. And I was kind of, you know, like, I was, like, I, this, like, I kind of knew then. I was kind of like, yeah. well, I'm into girls. So I'm happy enough to kind of just do this. Um. And but who, I, like, I was, go, go on. Who, so did who did I? Who
3: did you tell first? <laughs> who was the first person?
5: I told, well, I actually told one of my, um, Gay Friends in Toronto, he was actually the first I told, like, it was probably during the year because I'd always go to the gay village in Toronto with him I used to hang out with him Mm -hmm. loads and he was like knew it and I was like what and he was like just had a feeling (laughs) I was
4: like oh you can't beat the sassy gay who's like knew it yeah he was just
5: like knew it yeah he was like so you always wanted to and you always wanted to go here and I was like I'm sorry I thought I was just being a friend (laughs) but I was like me not (laughs) Um, so yeah it was actually him he's still in Toronto now Um, and yeah and then um, and then just like it's kind of family then yeah it just kind came down to family i told my mum just after christmas um over breakfast she was cooking super cream cocktail sausages on the pan
4: oh, iconic and a great yeah, choice I was
5: of like, breakfast Listen. yeah exactly about those <laughs> i won't those be sausages? having any more <laughs> oh my god what an epic way to <laughs> i was like this is probably the perfect act. none for me mum. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then then it just kind of went from there and you just start to, like, tell people to get more used. like, uh, now when I did come out first, I came out as bi, like, yeah. which I yeah. did kind of, you know, think at the time, um, yeah. like, and you know what, like, everyone is who they want to be, really, at the end of the day, uh, I had, right. like, just be who you want to be, so I, mm-hmm. I do, like, I know some people are, do say about, like, bi being, like, the gateway in. But, like, I do believe people can be bi if they want to be bi. They're just Absolutely. people. Do you know? So I'm kind of just like, just be whatever the hell you want. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I did. That was what I, I did. Because I was like, oh, I don't really know. Um, but, I knew, like, I knew. <laughs> I knew. And um, do you think, Cassie,
3: that, do you think that guys have it sometimes easier than girls? Or do you think, what, what do you think about, like, the boy versus girl kind of coming out experience. you think it's different for girls? Yeah.
5: Um, so yeah, no, I do think it is a bit different just from hearing stories. Like I do think that like guys might get a bit of a harder time from their dads and mm-hmm. girls would get a bit of a harder time from their mums or, you know, it okay. just takes a bit more time yeah, yeah. to accept it. Um. Yeah. But like, I mean, yeah, no, I had like, I know a lot of people, especially just even over the last year, and I'm talking like women in their 30s and 40s who are like only coming out now. But ha- What like, is
4: that about? Because I know a lot I'm, as well. There seems to be a lot more late in life lesbians. And I don't yeah. know what 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 is it that they're taking a little bit longer to figure it out, if that makes sense.
5: I have no idea. Like, I, 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 I don't know. Sometimes I do feel like, um, you know, it could like, I, I don't know, just the, not the way we're raised, but like, Um, I guess from generations and generations, you know, security is associated with a man. So for some women to come out, is a bit more like, oh, am I just, you know, like, it's a bit scarier. I Mm -hmm. don't know, like, Mm -hmm. maybe that it's just a bit, like that that they'd get that kind of reaction from, you know, their mums or something like, like not that, that, men are brilliant, but not that you need, you know, no one needs anyone really at the end of the day.
4: Right, no, totally, absolutely. I'd
5: say now people are coming out even younger, are they? Oh my God. Do you know stuff? Yeah,
4: absolutely. (laughs) It must be great now. (laughs) I mean, I mean, like... Maybe we're just getting older. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. being the nosy neighbour that I am, I'm just curious how coming out has affected your work. Um, Did it have any positive or negative effects on your work?
5: Yeah, I don't think it really did affect my work, um, but i mean when i first got uh the job on expose i mean it was like a headline like mm. that i was like gay which is kind of wow. it's ri- ridiculous now when you think about it yeah. but that was like a, a part of it like i remember somebody even asking okay so what if um i forget who asked this but they were just like what if a man a gorgeous man came up to you in a bar you know and if like what would you say like in wow. a, f- a few years and i was just like wow um, I was like, <laughs> I know, I was just like, listen, I could be attracted to trees in a few years. i like, yeah. <laughs> what are you asking? Like, do you know, you just wanted to be like, to ask this question. I, I couldn't believe that I was like, what? Why? What doesn't Ridiculous. matter? But um, so ignorant. yeah, but I guess like, it's like it's kind of funny when you think that that was a headline yeah, that was no, only yeah. four years <laughs> ago.
4: So speaking to that, I suppose, did you realize at the time how important it was for visibility, especially around young people, for you to be on TV and to be out and proud?
5: Yeah, definitely. I I wanted, I actually wanted to make sure that it was something people knew from the beginning because I didn't like, obviously I'm not ashamed of it at all. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want it to be a thing where it was like, oh, but you know, in a few months or something, it's then it's like, oh, you're gay. Were you hiding it? It was like, no, this is uh, like, uh, I never had anyone to look up to. And maybe if I did have someone to look up to, I maybe would have been gayer sooner. Who knows? But but like, like, I I mean, loads of people have messaged me, like obviously since over the last few years, and just being like, it's so nice to have someone to relate to, because, you know, it is nice for everyone to have someone to relate to. And, uh, you know, you could have a group of friends who completely relate differently to Uh, I don't know, different people on TV, you know, like, Mm, so it's nice to have a big, broad mix. So, yeah, so it's just kind of like, maybe there's one person out there that might be like, oh, I'm kind of like Cassie. Um, I did fancy the girl in the year above me in school and didn't realize. (laughs) 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 Um, And I need to tell my mom a little thing over these cocktail sausages. (laughs) We really don't even do cocktail sausages anymore, do they? I
4: hope they do, now I have an inkling (laughs) They do, trust and believe, uh, I I do enjoy a super queen sausage, they're still there. Yeah, but not a cocktail, (laughs)
3: thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your
4: story
5: no problem at all super quinn sausages all the way the cocktail ones no
4: i'll never look at a super quinn sausages like that again (laughs) don't want no (laughs) show
3: thanks cassie
4: So, Dee, that was our bonus episode. We are roving reporters, journalists to the stars. Yes. Modern day Anne Doyle. Broadcasters. Broadcasters, (laughs) darling. (laughs) We're going to be back in two weeks, though, right? With a brand new episode. We are. We've lots of surprises coming up over
3: the next month. So do stay tuned to our social media. And, of course, to this glorious podcast.
2: Yeah.
4: But until next time, stay out. Stay proud. And most of all. Stay Petty. Petty. (laughs) See you all soon. Wash your hands. (laughs) Wear your mask.